up, knuckleheads? Welcome back to episode 48 of the Beefy Boys Bud Club. I'm Joe, here with just Christian. Ew. Oh, dear. Vito couldn't make it this episode because he has to prepare to get married, I guess. Yeah, married Lame. boys. <laughs> coming coming to you very soon, the married boys. Yeah, I'm sure we'll have tales of Vito's wedding on Sunday. It'll be uh, interesting. So should I crack this uh, beer of the week? <laughs> yeah, fridge beer of the week. We've got ourselves a couple stage beers here. Brought to you from, I assume, somewhere in Washington State. Uh, Rainier Brewing Company. Oh, It's in Seattle. Irwindale, California. Oh, what the fuck? They're not even from Seattle. Well, they used to. I know that they had that little brewing thing downtown in Soto. But now I don't know what the fuck that is. I'm drinking a Rainier today, which for those of you not from the Pacific Northwest is basically Budweiser in disguise. <laughs> yes. It's, it's a... It's a Bud Heavy in a golden white can. That says Rainier on it. Yeah. It looks like a 49ers away uniform. That's mainly why I don't like it. I mean, drink. I think it looks more like Washington State. Or Wazoo. But yeah, sure. yeah. But sure. I see 49ers because of that gold. The gold, the white, the red. So which Washington college product are you more proud of? Gardner Mishu or John Ross after week one? Oh, man, John Ross for sure. Just because, you know, Gardner Minshew went to a program where he was going to actually have the ability to develop, especially with, you know, Nick Foles going down. You really couldn't ask for, I mean, sadly, you couldn't ask for a better scenario for Gardner Minshew. But I think with Nick Foles going down and Minshew coming in and taking over the game, not being able to win it, but still put up some points, he looked good, and he, you know, He's a funny personality, and even at Wazoo. I, I've been hearing some of these stories. They're absolutely absurd. Like, he's just a cool dude. You know, he you know? does he's, his pregame stretches in the nude. He's the dude, man. <laughs> he says that his mustache calls all the shots. He's just the along Mississippi for the ride. mustache. They call him. He he's cool. His name is Gardner Mishu the second. There was no first. <laughs> yeah, this is just. Also, his grandfather wanted to name him Beowulf. Beowulf Minshew. What the yeah. fuck? Interesting family line there. <laughs> For sure. But, you know, it was cool watching him play. And, you know, I'll always support Wazoo and Washington players in the NFL. Like, it goes, you know, obviously during college there's the rivalry. and Of course. You know, but you never want Washington school products to, to fail in the NFL. So it's good to see him go out there and play. And it, it's fun to see him become – so popular because of how like who he is he's especially just a character man he he really is and he's a funny guy but john ross john ross the third really you know it was nice to see it's not gonna last not only did he ball no i'll get to that i talked <clears throat> about it on the on the pot on the on the new episode of the CSB. sports bar yep csb i talked about it a little bit more on there but i'll give you a little briefing as to why i think it's gonna fail um but he, him coming here to Seattle, and it's his first game back in Washington since he played <coughs> at Washington. So it's, it's a good homecoming for Ross, and it was really good to see him get, you know, 150-plus yards on the day, two touchdowns, and still go home with a loss. It, you know, it's still – it sucks that you didn't win, but I'll take the Seahawks over Cincinnati, so – you know, You're still I'm, predicting thirteen and three after eking out a victory against one of the worst teams in the NFL. Uh, I laughed about it. <laughs> I laughed about it. I still laugh about it. I had the Seahawks winning by twenty-one mm-hmm. on Sunday, not winning they couldn't even with score. twenty-one. Oh points. no, they did score. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't uh, think you meant twenty-one to nothing. <laughs> yes, I meant twenty-one nothing, but they beat them twenty-one points. So I guess I get that at least. Uh-huh. They didn't but, even cover the spread. They didn't even come close. The thing with that was there's a lot of mistakes in the backfield, and you could clearly see that John Ross was creating penalties, especially with uh, Trey Flowers, and he was able to just kind of blow past him. They they really did design an offense for John Ross, and you can see that now that Marvin Lewis is fucking gone, and they actually have a coach who's designed on using their speedy wide receiver. And, you know, not only John Ross, but it seemed like, you know, the red pencil was connecting to so many different targets. He was going to <laughs> Tyler Boyd. He was going to 
uh, Eifert. He was going to Giovanni Bernard. He was going to Mixon until Mixon got hurt. But here's the reason why that offense is going to last maybe two weeks or three weeks more after week one. So I think by week five, they're going to be figured out and they're going to be just the Bengals all over again. And I, I don't think that they're going to win more. I just more. think the Seahawks are worse than you think they are, man. I don't think the Bengals are going to win more than five games this year. I think that they'll get to five. They'll get to five wins, but that's about it. But the reason why I say that is because they're a super one-dimensional offense. And the reason why I think, you know, the excuse I'm giving the Seahawks was it's a brand new team. It's a brand new, not brand new players, but it's a brand new team, essentially, because it's a whole new scheme, whole new offensive scheme, whole new defensive scheme. It's not a new offensive scheme. It's still Brian Schottenheimer and fucking... uh... No, no, no. I'm talking about Cincinnati. Oh. The defense playing Cincinnati. It's a whole new offensive scheme on Cincinnati and they designed players for their wide receivers finally which is not the way that it has been you know Marvin Lewis had the seniority game of Giovanni Bernard running the ball a shitload because Mixon was hurt on the sideline and couldn't play so is they were a one-dimensional offense when Marvin Lewis was there and that's why they were in they were like a you know just a shitty team in general for so long and so with this new offense the Seahawks had no film, no footage, and obviously with the preseason, they're not running their their game set offense. So it was kind of like the Seahawks were guinea pigs. They gave up a lot of yards, but they didn't give up the three touchdowns. They didn't let them come back and win. And I think, you know, it showed that the Seahawks defense was able to adjust, even though Andy Dalton did throw for over 400 yards, which is insulting, <laughs> but... Yeah, you know, games like that do happen, and and I think it's week one with the Seahawks, and they don't normally click until week three or four anyway. So it's going to be interesting seeing them go to, you know, Pittsburgh, and I, I mean, I don't think Why, Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh a good team. Is terrible. I don't think Pittsburgh's a good football team, so I think the Seahawks shouldn't struggle. But seeing that Cincinnati game, it's obviously kind of hard for me to say that the Seahawks are going to blow right past him which i know is not going to happen nope uh big ben's a good quarterback and he does have a good weapon with juju smith schuster but if you take if you take if you take juju out of the equation and you take james connor out they're just you know regular ass football team with an old quarterback juju is a high end number two receiver or a mid to low tier number one receiver i agree i agree And I think Juju Smith-Schuster's success was so big because of Antonio Brown being on the field with him mm-hmm. and having him be double-teamed. It allowed Juju to be open in the in the deep routes and in the slants. And not, not to discredit Juju at all, I do think he's a good football player, but I don't believe... Yeah, he's not, in my opinion, a, a number one wide receiver. And it mm-hmm. was kind of like when... Jermaine Curse was the number one wide receiver for a little bit because of injuries on the Seahawks. Nobody believed it. Doug Baldwin was always the number one, and then it goes Tyler Lockett. But, you know, Doug Baldwin was getting injured in his in his last few years with the Seahawks. And then, you know, when it came time for Jermaine Curse to step up, you know he couldn't do it because right. he was just too busy botching the ball up into the air and letting opponents <laughs> intercept it. I don't want to go too deep on the sports topic. We have a separate podcast for that. I yeah. did want to bring up one awesome conspiracy theory i heard which is golden tate failed his ped test on purpose because he really doesn't want to play in this awful giants offense i don't <laughs> i think that's i don't awesome believe that idea. at all i, don't <laughs> I told that you it's all. a conspiracy theory it's a funny conspiracy <laughs> theory but i don't believe it at all i also don't believe that uh uh oh, fuck mr jones mr jones should be credited for the giants loss on who's saying that well, I mean, I'm just saying. They brought saying, him in like, garbage time and he well, fumbled. Yeah, they put him in garbage time against and he fumbled, backups and he really fumbled because he sucks. He does not suck. <laughs> yes, he I does. I don't think he sucks. I think, you know, once he takes over that starting position and he actually gets the, in 2022. the chance to start, it's going to be. I, I don't think Eli's going to be playing after this season, to be honest. He's after this be, season? Sure. Yeah, he should have retired three years ago. No, I, I know. But he's not going to be playing any more football after this year. Um, I'm about to open up my beer, brought to you by our great friends at Bud Light. Love these guys. I got two of these on on my uh, holster here. So yeah, you really do. I see them. I know. I'm gonna open God, it up. This beer's and... making me burp, burp up a storm. 
It's the Burpocalypse. Oh, yeah. So I had uh, some listener comments here. from last episode, namely about <laughs> Butt Cape. Oh, yeah. Special guest star Butt Cape. So, so frequent listener Ara wants to know, when Butt Cape farts, does the Butt Cape billow in the wind? You know, I'm going to say this. I, I think if Butt Cape were to actually fart, it, it would be a... It wouldn't be, you know, what you would consider a female fart. Okay. Like, under the radar. It would be like a fucking, like, biker. Like, a, bar, a biker <laughs> leaning over and farting and just having it be, you know, a loud flat. I thought you were going to say, like, some poop would come out or something. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. With an ass crack that big... <laughs> You never know if there's shit lingering around, but just the butt cape, butt capes to tight to sit down in the toilet and get up and not wipe the ass crack mark off of there after like a long ass day at work. So, you know, you go in, you go in for second shift and you go into the bathroom after butt cape and it smells like cigarettes and it smells like an after the misfits mm-hmm. show from 2019 it just smells like shame. <laughs> and then you just see a big old ass crack on the toilet. That's, oh that's pretty much God. just what you're looking at. And you got that whole scenario, you know. Uh, butt cape. Yeah, shouts out to butt cape. I mean, honestly, <laughs> the personality uh, would would just spark up a whole topic on this on this show if, if butt cape were to ever drop in on <laughs> the, drop in on one of our sessions, which would never happen. This random but, employee you guys knew for all of a week. I mean, yeah, <laughs> uh. she, you know, it's always interesting because. Uh, Butt cape worked the soups. Yeah. And so, you know, you would always go out at lunch and you'd see people opening up the soup and, and wondering what the fuck is going on. And it's because broccoli cheddar would be mixed with chicken chili. So you've got Ooh. chicken chili, broccoli cheddar soup out Ooh. there. And you've got tomato basil and chicken curry mixed together and it looks <laughs> orange. It's just... Or, it's just a disaster, and, and you know, a lot of people oh, definitely were getting bamboozled with their soup. Uh, the soup is gross, <laughs> <laughs> but that's fucking hilarious. So, I'm not gonna get back into the sports uh, topic, but I will say this: I want to give a shout out to a Twitter to a Twitter group of ours from, uh, I believe they're from Milwaukee. They're they're a podcast themselves. They're called. Um, they're, they are in our notifications all, right along with Tim. Oh, so they, yeah. They route, they, oh, yeah. They're up there with Tim. So they're called the Blitz Football Podcast on Twitter. And, um, yeah, it brings stories, news, and uh, from the world of football. Oh, there you go. Uh. And so you can follow them on Twitter. And uh, Have you listened to their show? I haven't gotten around to it, but I am excited to listen to their show. But I am giving them a shout out because we do communicate over Twitter a lot. And especially when I'm like bored and talking shit on Twitter, they're always like there mm-hmm. to, to have discussions with me about football. Mm-hmm. So it's always fun to always fun to watch. They've got um they've got a new episode out in the last two days. Looks like they're talking about uh fantasy and power rankings and Antonio Brown. So you guys can give them a give them a follow, give them a check out and you know, check their podcast out and See how it's all about. I know I will for sure. But yeah, their uh, Twitter handle is at Blitz, B-L-I-T-Z underscore NFL. You guys can follow them and get your daily news. They're a fun group. They share memes. Hmm. They talk shit. They follow the Packers, so we have a lot of interesting conversations. (laughs) So, uh, You've just been... On vacation, just I've just been on vacation, just other sports podcasts on Twitter, man. And like, it's funny because it goes week by week. Like last week, I was doing, I was just conversating with a bunch of Bengals fans and yeah. intertwining with them. And then now this week, it's all Steelers, and I'm seeing you know a lot of different, a lot of different Pittsburgh podcasts are following us on Twitter now. So I get a feed because I'll just mm. follow them back. I'll get a feed of. Pittsburgh shit shit, talking Mm. about the Seahawks and it's like oh well you know they've got Jadavian coming in and and it's going to be interesting for Villanueva and I'll chime in with you know Quentin Jefferson Puna Ford and you know Al Woods (laughs) just you know and company they're coming they're still coming Mm. 
that Rasheem Green. I just can't wait Perfect. until uh, until Reed comes back into that lineup. It's going to be fucking stupid. But it was fun. Jadavian's outing with the Seahawks was a lot of fun. He loves playing in Seattle, and I think that's a good thing. I'd rather him be happy here than be miserable in Miami. Mm. Speaking of Miami, yeah. this might interest you because this is a basketball topic. Oh. And so I don't know if you're familiar with it, but the Miami basketball. The Miami uh, Heat? Yeah, the Miami Heat basketball court. I don't know what it's called. What's their court called? Uh, the American Airlines Arena, I think. Sure. Okay. So their arena just got... They, some of, so a company just put a bid out on them, and it was from uh, the famous Bang Bros. Oh. So Bang Bang Bros are trying to turn the into the arena and call it <laughs> Bang Bros Center, so BBC. <laughs> Shut up. And it, it's real. It, it's fucking real. You can look it oh up. Oh, my God. It's true. They're, they're pushing for it. And, you know, they actually submitted their bid yesterday. So I really, I honestly... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the and NBA will let this happen. I really hope something happens with that because that is so funny. And, it, it, you know, it's worth it for entertainment. Oh, absurd. It draw a lot of attention to Miami. Mm. But Bang Bro, yeah, Bang Bang Bros <laughs> Arena. That's oh, God, oh it'd just God. be too good. And um, oh, we're down at the BBC, man. And the Bang Bros Center. Jesus Christ. And then what's his, what's <laughs> And then what's his face just retired today, three-time champ with the uh, with the uh, Golden State Warriors, hurt his leg back a long time ago. They said he was gonna have to lose his leg, but then he ended up what? keeping it. What's his fucking name? Um, I didn't hear this news. Let's, let's see. Here we go. I got you. Sean Livingston oh. announces his retirement from the NBA. 15 years in the league. Yeah, and, he's an old fucking man. Yeah. And this was back, you know, because he had almost lost his... So in 2007, he underwent surgery for his ACL, PCL, and MCL. And mm-hmm. had to relearn how All to walk. All the CLs. And, uh, yeah, they said that he was probably never going to play again. And today he retired. Mm. Three-time champ. So congratulations champ. to you. Uh, good job on recovering from your injury. Fucking sucks. Injuries are terrible, but part of sports, man. Part of sports. Part of sports. So yeah, part of sports. NCAA versus the state of California. Do you know anything about this? No, I was doing some light research before, but Ah. uh, what's so California is threatening to like they're threatening to how should I say it like suspend all sports activities until the NCAA allows their uh, student athletes to get compensated for their okay for their play, and so then they passed a law today, or they passed a bill today or yesterday, I can't remember, where it actually is going to allow students to make money off of their endorsements, their likeliness, and their uh, contribution to their to their athletic programs. Okay. So, in my opinion. Is it a bad idea to pay their athletes? I would say that I don't think that these guys should get paid, or these you know these athletes should get paid what? flat out. They shouldn't get paid flat out. They shouldn't be played or paid to play a school sport. But while, it's not. You it's, know that's such. It's so bastardized. Like they don't go to class. They have to practice like every fucking day. And these. Universities make up fake classes for these athletes to go to, so they end up with a degree in like basketball science or some nonsense that's not worth anything. Like, just pay the man. They make so so much money off these kids, and they somehow get away with saying, "Oh, they're just student athletes, though. They're here for the fuck off." Just pay the kids. I think the one thing is, is I think you know these guys have never had you know the money to play their sport. And I think if you just start paying athletes outright, you know, who are still young, you're talking about essentially still kids, you know, playing college ball. You're going to give them a huge paycheck. What the fuck? Look, look, these these guys in the 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 trust that they can earn when they graduate. See, I was going to just say that I was going to say I would allow them. I would say that they should get paid in a. 
in a way that's kind of like a savings type deal. Mm -hmm. So it's like anything that they get paid, like let's say that they bring back NCAA football and they, okay. They compensate the players for their likeness. They can actually use their names. They can actually, you know, use the players. Mm -hmm. So no more like likeness bullshit and not paying them. Like put it into a, put it into account. Let them get, let them earn it. Let them, and then when they graduate, they can get compensated for it. it. It just makes sense to do it like that. But to flat out pay your athletes, these guys in the NFL, these guys in the NBA, they're not even as you know grown men and professionals. They're still not responsible with their. But that's that's fucking on earnings. them. That's on them, man. That's personal responsibility. It is on them. But a lot of the, you know, let's talk about the NBA. A lot of those guys. You know, back back when they didn't even have to go to fucking college, they just yes. went to high school and they just went right into the league. And yes. you're giving these young kids multi million dollar contracts. They don't know what to do with it. You know, they they make so much money, and then you start getting into DUIs, you start getting into drug problems. You st- you know, Lamar Odoms, you've got you know just you. And then you know, if you want to say that college players aren't getting paid. It's, you know, I think it's a good thing and it's, it's, it's good and it's bad. They shouldn't be making money flat out. They should be getting it in some kind of way. That's not theirs until they leave the university or they graduate. So it's like, they have to really work hard in school to get their money and play the sport because then it's going to come into the conversation of let's pay high school athletes because they're going out there and, you know, they have homework to do at night, but they have to go to two-a-days for football, and they're mm-hmm. at practice until 7 and have to come home and do homework, and they don't like it. They're unhappy. They want to get paid. Let's start paying our high school athletes. I mean, if the school's making money off their athletics program, then give the money to the fucking people who are like children. Pay the middle school kids even. Fuck it. Like, I'd say, fuck, man. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think... I don't know. When you're in high school, when you're in middle school... You only play football because you like football. You know, you don't play it for any other reason. Yeah, but those high schools don't make millions of dollars. No, off absolutely not. Like and and I think do. that any of the money that goes towards the football, the football team, or whatever money the sports are drawing in, should go into their athletics program. Mm-hmm. So they should be working on getting better equipment, better gear. You know, because I mean, when I went to school in Auburn, it was just garbage. A fucking lot of garbage shit. And, you know, I mean, it's just the funding wasn't all there. You know, when I was back in, in, in 2009 as a freshman, the, the funding was not there and the gear was shitty. And, you know, it's like you can see. You need some sort of athletics booster, man. You can see that, yeah. You, I mean, college, or sorry, football here in Washington is not taken as seriously as it is, say, in, you know, the Midwest and in Texas and shit, well, where they yeah, actually where get full on. They actually get full-on booster clubs that help them, you know, with their equipment. But I, I honestly, to come back to the NCAA, they should not pay their players God, flat. You crazy? You crazy? I'm sorry, man. I don't agree with it. Because I had a job when I was 18. I was making money. Why can't <laughs> these kids make money? Because here's the thing that I have is like they're going to use it to recruitment opportunities, which they do already. <laughs> Well, and that's with scholarships, you know, like you give the, you give the student scholarships, which is, you know, or yeah, Reggie Bush buying his mom a fucking house when he's 19 years old will raise a couple of eyebrows. You know, it's like, but it'll really, if you bring in the money into the situation, it's really going to tarnish the brand of college sports because then the NCAA's <clears throat> brand is already tarnished, man. I just don't think <laughs> the NCAA, I just don't think the NCAA is smart. And I don't think that they're... Well, no, they're not. And, and, you know, I'm not really agreeing with them 100%, but I do agree to an extent of, okay, it's going to fuck up the whole recruitment program if you just offer these guys out of high school a fucking money contract to come and play football. Then it's going to get into the conversation of, we're going to give you this money, you can perform, you know, this well in class... What happens if they don't perform in class? They probably don't get their Take money. Take the class equation out of it. Like, stop pretending that they're students. They were never students. They haven't been students for 50 fucking years. Like, just I make think it that's a changing, minor league man. football. These, these, it's getting worse. These football players, I don't think so. A lot of these football players the, are Places smart. like Alabama? 
okay, well, and I SEC mean, powerhouses, yeah. But I mean, I'm it's just thinking, Georgia Tech still makes their student athletes go to class. I mean, I look at a lot. I mean, mean of course, does. I only really focus on the Huskies a lot, but a lot of these Husky players are top students in the nation, and they're they're smart people. They're smart guys. I mean, and that I think varies if you're school to school. I think if you're in in the football program, you should be learning about business, and you should be learning about how to manage your money. I think one of the biggest things that I've I've always wanted to do is be like a financial advisor for an athlete because I think athletes but. get careless and they get stupid with their money, which obviously if you're 21 years old and you get handed a fucking multi-million dollar contract, of course you're going to blow your money on dumb shit. Yeah, but that's their prerogative, you know, man. But it's just, uh, I don't know, it's crazy, man. I don't think, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a touchy subject. Because, you know, student athletes should be compensated in a sense, but they shouldn't be paid flat out with the money in hand as they as they're at the school. That Disagree. should not happen. Give it let them give it to their families. Let them do whatever the fuck they want with it. It's their damn money. They brought all of that money into the school. They should see at least some of it. I don't if we're worried about the fucking recruiting problem, then just have a hard salary cap. Be like, this is how much you get paid, regardless of where you go. There you go. You solved that recruiting problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, <sighs> I mean, Besides, you know, as as more as that conversation more goes on, I mean, we'll talk about it on the on CSB. But this is just like pretty. This is groundbreaking. Like after we recorded the episode, so I figured I'd talk about it today. But you know, so burpy. <sighs> Yeah, man. Light For beer. Real. Seriously, those fucking lagers. But I only drink hard seltzers now, so. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it's good to talk about the NCAA versus California. But I think if California wants to suspend all their athletic activities, it would be really interesting for the Pac-12 to see how that goes. I very goes. much doubt that's going to happen. There's too many of them. It won't happen. I think there's a bluff, uh, man. I think there's 58 schools Ooh, under the NCAA yeah, California's that a big be fucking place. That will be getting pay, paying their athletes. So, mm. um, this week's podcast is brought to you by the Beefy Boys. Just three cool dudes hanging out, talking about sports, video games, music, and whatever else they feel like. <clears throat> find them at their website, www.beefyboys.com. Also, we you find your other podcasts, iTunes, Podbean, YouTube, you know, all the regulars, the Beefy Boys. The best show on planet Earth. Hi, I'm Renee. And I'm Jess. And we're the Deerfoot Sisters. Sorry to interrupt, but we have some breaking news. We wanted to let you know that right now you're actually only listening to the second best podcast on planet Earth. That's right. If you want to check out the world's best podcast, search Deerfeet on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, you know, all the regulars. Dear Feeds, a podcast featuring two sisters talking about life and all the kooky things it brings, like rhymes. So when you're done listening to this episode, be sure to check out Dear Feet. Or you can just do it right now. Thanks! A good podcast requires a good beer. So that's why I always go to my go-to, Keystone Light. If I'm going to the store, I don't want to buy a 12-pack. I want to go for a legit 15-pack. When I go to a party, I don't take Rainier. I take Keystone Light. And you know what? It tastes so good, I'm going to have it right now. Cheers, folks. Ah, yeah, there's a burp coming in. That's good. Moving on. Oh, we'll move on. I beat Red Dead. What? Yeah. You did? We should probably wait, wait for Vito until we talk about the ending. So you got that D'Angelo song? Got the D'Angelo song. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. I got the album on Spotify. That's fucking great. It's a great album. Even I Willie Nelson has a song on there. Yeah, it does. Um, I, I mean, I, we'll, we can recap with Vito really mm-hmm. quick. But So I beat it. Don't spoiler alert to Mark. I know he listens and I know he hasn't beaten the game yet. So if you want to skip through this Red Dead, it won't be long. But um, mm-hmm. so 
you have that one last thing with one last encounter with Dutch mm-hmm. and with Micah in the on the mountaintop in the, in the mountaintop, yeah. and you're fighting, you're beating up Micah. The one thing that really drove me insane was Arthur dying without being able to kill Micah. He does kill Micah. You don't kill Micah. Oh, you're right. Dutch shoots him in the face. And so, yeah, and that comes in the in the after in the epilogue with uh, John Marston. You track him down. You go to you, you and Charles. Oh, I was really happy oh, yeah. to come back from Guarma and have Charles return. Yeah, I was really happy about that. And then you had to do all of the missions with the tribe and with the the uh, you know the dude who's slipping down the Dutch Vanderlyn path and then his dad who's like. You know, don't let my son be a hateful asshole like Dutch. Yeah. And so you got that going on. And what really made you know me that, happy. Uh, Google searches for tuberculosis cure spiked the week after that game came out. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. Poor, poor Arthur. I mean, Catching the germ. Right from that first guy you go beat up. And then the whole family's fucked for the rest of that game because you hope that stupid German guy collect his debt from this poor ass farmer. Ugh. That yeah the did you get all the way through both the chapters of the epilogue too yes with Marsden mm-hmm. what did you think of that that montage with Uncle building the house that was fun huh yeah that was pretty cool <laughs> building you know you're building the house that comes around in the first game mm-hmm. uh, that was pretty cool um you know I knew Micah had something to do with the Pinkertons mm-hmm. and I do love seeing that dude from the Pinkertons get his <laughs> brains blown out yeah. by abigail i thought that was pretty cool so you said that there's two different endings yeah what's the other ending how do you uh, know how do you know which one is how do you know which one's good which if one's you bad? get to watch the sunrise when you die i think it has to do with when you die when arthur dies because you like you throw the knife in the mic or whatever right i can't remember it's been so long but no you just beat Micah up and then dutch stops both of you from fighting and you're crawling towards the gun mm-hmm. and Dutch steps on the gun. Mm-hmm. And th- right then and there, I thought Dutch was going to shoot Arthur or shoot fucking Micah right there. So I could see him die. See, th- There's two different things that can happen there. I think either Micah stabs you and you die right there or Arthur dies of tuberculosis as the sun rises, which is the good ending. <clears throat> yeah. That's the one I got. Yeah. So, I, I I mean, I'll have to look on YouTube and see what the other ending is. But, yeah, I mean, it's funny because the game really fucking picks up right after Guarma. It's like yeah. the game is just a fucking landslide after that. Yeah. Um, it's only, like, fucking, it's like, it's like 18... It's like 1888 or so when the when the game is like in its peak, mm-hmm. like in the peak of the game. It's like 1888, mm-hmm. and then part one starts in 1911. So it's like if you think that the that the Wild West was going going away in Red mm. Dead Two, I mean, yeah, 1911, dude. There was there was no fucking Wild West. Yeah, I can't even believe that the first game took place and uh, coming. To well, think that, about that was it, the whole plot of the first game. Was, like this it's going to the Wild West. Yeah. <laughs> And it was crazy because I rode into New Austin uh-huh. in online. After I beat the game, I went online and started to check that out, which is really fun. It's uh-huh. really fun to play online because there's no guilt. You know, uh-huh. I just go into oh geez towns and just shoot everything and, and loot and rob and uh-huh. and so I uh, I rode into New Austin, rode past the McFarlands Ranch, uh-huh. and it's like barely anything. Like, nothing's, like, yeah. how it looks in the first one. And then you go to Armadillo, and Armadillo's the like ghost, ghost town. town. Yeah. I, I was like, what the fuck is this? I came here to play poker. What the <laughs> hell? And so I left Armadillo and went to Tumbleweed, which is the ghost town in part one. Mm. That Like, the legit ghost town that's, like, all haunted and shit they're mm-hmm. talking about. It's like the ghosts live here. And so I went there, went to the gun shop there. Bought some fresh new pieces and then shot everybody in town. <laughs> got killed by the law and then went back and played poker. And it was weird hanging out in tumbleweed. Mm. Like I'm not fucking used to that. And it's a whole whole new scenario there. See, I don't have as much of a memory of the first one as you do, I think. But it's not my. I watched a timeline recap. Oh, okay. 
I watched the recap of the first game like right after <sighs> I beat it. So that way I could get the whole story all together. But <sighs> God, that game was so much fun. It's such a beautiful game. Mm-hmm. And I think if they make a prequel to the prequel. A pre-prequel. A, yeah. You because play you know as those Dutch or well, you pl- I mean playing as Dutch would be really cool. But I mean yeah, I, I would say playing as Dutch and actually forming the Dutch mm-hmm. Vanderlyn gang. So like you and Hosea forming the gang together, that would be a fun game. Mm. You know. Yeah, but it doesn't end well. <laughs> like you know. No, but I mean part one doesn't mm-hmm. end well either. Yeah. John Marsting is fucking smoked. Spoilers for Red Dead One. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't played it now, spoiler uh. alert. John Marston is not alive. Uh yeah, he got fucking smoked. So they're all dead. The whole gang is dead. Yeah. And uh, I think that's like the beauty of the of the Wild West story, though. Like, you can actually see the falling of the Dutch Vanderlyn gang. You can see John Marston afterwards. Mm-hmm. And you can see if they come out with a prequel to the prequel, you can have Hosea and Dutch forming the gang. Mm-hmm. Because Dutch wasn't the bad guy that he was in part two back back when. Otherwise, you know, these guys... They looked up to Dutch and, you know, even in the first one, John Marston talks about Dutch like he's, you know, a good role model, but he's still obviously mm-hmm. trying to kill him. Um, interesting situation, you know, interesting. It's a great story. It's a fun Wild West thing, you know, because you don't get much Western movies. So you get it, you get it in the video mm-hmm. game and you get to just live out the wild west the way that you want to do it so it, it's a lot of fun you know online's cool until you get your horse sniped while you're run, like just kind of <laughs> roaming around on the trails you get your horse I mean, sniped it's very much like gta and online. then you get sniped right after your horse dies so you're like well fuck yeah now i'm gonna have to do a parlaying at the fuck out of new austin <laughs> but uh, it's a lot of fun I, I highly recommend online to anybody that hasn't really given it a shot they just came out with a new game mode on it and Ooh. uh yeah Check it out. They're updating the it. The horse races are actually kind of fun. Horse like race? I don't like the horse races. There's like power much. ups. <laughs> it's so goofy. It's, like it's Mario, really goofy. It's like Mario Kart with horses. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the biggest uh, fan of the horse races. It's great when I, they all crash. Oh man. I like the death matches. I think the death matches are a lot of fun. Right. Like the the combat really doesn't lend itself well in the multiplayer. No. So, Combat's so different in multiplayer. Yeah. Um like you have the game mode where you have to loot shit from the other camp mm-hmm. and run it over and you know you're getting sniped or you're getting blasted with dynamite or with a shotgun it's it's a lot of fun though. Mm-hmm. i i really enjoy it but yeah i kind of saw cuz i knew arthur was going to die at the end of the game i just didn't really know how mm-hmm. um i didn't see tuberculosis being the reason and i really really was so sad i when he died even in the fucking epilogue you can't kill micah you (laughs) just you're you yourself can't kill micah and it's so frustrating Uh, because i hated micah i really i wanted to smoke him so long ago but you go through the game you get into that fight and you're like this is it i finally get to kill this piece of shit then you watch the sunset and die and then Marsting finds him, and I'm like, okay, this is, you know, you and Charles and, you mm-hmm. know, Sadie um, Adler. Adler, who's a fucking badass. <laughs> she was awesome <laughs> yeah. in the last part of the game. You ride up, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is it. I finally get to do it. And then, it, you know, the cutscene's going on. Dutch kicks the door open, and I'm like, no, 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 no. I know you're not going to kill John. Don't kill Charles. Don't kill Sadie. And then he shoots Micah, and I'm like, God, fucking damn it. I'm like, all I wanted to do was just kill Micah. <laughs> I would have been so satisfied if they allowed the player to do it. But sometimes you got to let it go. But the music in the last part of the game was prime. Yeah, it's really good. It was prime. That game is a solid. In my book, I would give it an 8.5 out of 10. Wow. Damn. Give that game an 8.5 out of 10 a year after it came out. Yeah, it has been a whole year, huh? Damn. Great game. I fucking love it. That it was, is a it was, really good game. It's an awesome game. I've been playing a very, very obscure game. It's called Moonlighter on my Nintendo Switch. You play as a shopkeeper, but the trick is you have to go to the dungeon to collect all your wares. 
So at nighttime, you go in the dungeon and you like fight guys and you get their like slime and their like metal and shit. And then you put it for sale in your shop and you have to like play the market. Hmm. Like, oh, there's uh, whatever it was like. Golem cores are in high demand, so raise the prices up. It's pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, now it's that I'm done with... Economic sim slash dungeon crawler, man. Now that I'm done with Red Dead, I've got a short amount, a short stint until Modern Warfare comes out. Isn't the beta this weekend? Well, not for me. Oh, well, for PlayStation, I think. For PlayStation, and I've heard nothing but good things, and it is a cross-platform video game. Really? So if I get it for the one, I'll be able to play it with all all my PlayStation goofs, and I'll be able to play it with all the PC goofs. And, um, yeah, I I think that's going to be a fucking blast. I can't wait. I'm going to get that game for sure. It just looks good, and I can't wait to play through the campaign. I can't wait to play online. I'm excited. I have to give a shout-out, by the way, to all of my students. I was giving a lecture, and I opened the wrong file. And somebody saw I had a folder on my computer called Beefy Boys Update. And I'm like, what the hell is Beefy Boys Update? I'm like, that's the name of my podcast. It's nothing untoward. I'm like, oh my God, do you have a podcast? And like five people asked to look it up. Hell yeah. And then one of our homework assignments was uh, make a trivia, a little trivia game. And one of the questions in one of the trivia games is, who, which is older, Joe or The Legend of Zelda? And I'm like, somebody's a podcast fan in here. <laughs> Somebody in there is sneaking so, through their podcasts. Shout out. Sneaking through their episodes. Shout out to all of my 33 web development students. Yeah, Welcome it's going to be a lot of fun coming up. Like Club. Our one, year, our one year anniversary is coming up here in October. Yep. And uh, I have to tell you, man, I can't wait. Our 50th episode is coming up soon, too. It's gonna be pretty spectacular. We've got a pretty, pretty good. I can't believe we've done almost fucking fifty episodes of this nonsense. <laughs> you know, what the fuck. At first, it's like, are we really gonna have enough shit to talk about? But then you realize we set up the mics, we do our fucking thing, <laughs> and we, somehow we we're pumping to, like, out hour long. We're pumping out hour long topics, but you know, I like to say that our slogan is "We're the content you never knew you needed." You know. <laughs> There you go. Because that's just what we are, you know. The beefy boys are the content you You never never knew knew you needed. needed. And that's because when you're hanging out and you're, like, bored and you just kind of want to – you don't want to feel alone. I know that our podcast is definitely something that makes you feel like you are (laughs) – One of the gang. Like, you're one of the gang. You know, like, you're Uh, part of the conversation. You're, you know, that's us. You know, we want to make you guys feel comfortable – listening we want you guys to have fun listening i know a few of our listeners listen to us in the gym good for really? you fucking love it yeah it's absolutely. like giggling when you're fucking deadlifting about butt cape drop the weights <laughs> on your toes it seems dangerous is all i'm saying <laughs> laughing on the treadmill <laughs> fucking get tangled up Oof. crash right. oh yeah and so we got 40 minutes i think we can wrap i'm out of topics i think uh well somebody just came out with the New album I'd like to talk about. Is it the t-shirt you're wearing? Well, no, this album came out. I mean, this is Midland. All the Midland shit that I got came in. So I got an autographed guitar. I got an autographed uh, photo of them. And then mm. since it took, and then a t-shirt and a vinyl. And since it took so goddamn long, they're sending me another autographed photo. So now I'm going to have two. Oh. And I have theirs up right now next to my autographed Brendan Fraser's The Mummy photo. <laughs> And so I'm fucking super happy about that. I know Brendan Fraser's family lives in Seattle, so let me tell you this. Uh, Brendan Fraser, I know you're listening right now. Feel (laughs) free to stop in. Feel free to stop in anytime. We'll talk all about the mummy. I can talk Cino Man. I could talk to him about the mummy more than he probably could talk about. I've watched the mummy maybe a hundred times. What why? Maybe a hundred and fifty times. It's like one of my favorite movies ever. Just because it's so important. It's like that important to me. It's <laughs> movie's garbage. <laughs> that movie's not. The don't CG fucking talk scarabs shit are so bad. Dude, don't oh, talk man. shit about The Mummy Man or I'm going to freak I'll out. do what I want. But so, yeah. Uh, so anyway, the, the album that just came out today is from a, a guy I've mentioned back a few episodes. Oh, pardon me. Um, it's Vincent Neil Emerson mm. came out with a country western album. And it is a really just a spot on 
terrific country western album. I think, you know, if you want to just hang out and listen to some smooth music and just, you know, he's got such a good personality as a person. And I think that it translates really well into his music, especially with this album. He's got such great songs. You can hear uh, Fly on Willie Nelson's Wall. You can hear 7-Eleven. You can hear, uh, you know, the, the title of the album is called Fried Chicken and Evil Women. And that song on the album is actually really good. But my favorite on the album is definitely 25 and Wasting Time and Letters on the Marquee. Those are my two favorites, but like I said, give the whole album a check out because it's about 10 songs. It's really good. It's a lot of fun, and, um, you know, I've definitely, I'm, I'm the fair share of recommending country and Western music on the show just because I don't think you or Vito listen to it. Nope. So <laughs> I'm your man. If you have any country Western topics, conversations you ever want to talk about, please hoot and holler at me. And another thing I have to say... <sighs> I beat Red Dead 2. So now, until Modern Warfare comes out, I'm looking for a new game to play. And I have Game Pass. Shall I or shall I not play Gears of War 5? I don't think I want to. Because I just don't really give a shit about Gears of War anymore. But Mm -hmm. maybe it's good. Maybe it's not. If somebody has it and they enjoy it and they like it, please give me a holler. I'll love to play it if it's worth it. And uh, anything else, you know, if you've got any other games that you've got to recommend to me, I'd, I'd love to check some out if, you know, if I feel like buying it, of course. So anyway, with that being said, look, how are we looking over there, buddy? We're 45 minutes. Let's wrap it up. Yeah, I guess we'll wrap it up. Going to the Huskies game tomorrow again. Again? Again. Hopefully this time with a better outcome. Did, oh, they lost last week, didn't they? Yeah, 145 in the goddamn morning, Oh, because of the thunderstorms. <laughs> Yeah, we had to walk back home oh, and Uber home, and then they were like, wait a minute, come back, because we're not going to cancel the game. I'm like, fuck. Oh, so, you remind me. I forgot to talk about... Oh, my God. So I had this rat in my attic, right? Oh, shit. It's migrated. It's in the basement now. Oh, no. And not just is it in the basement. I had the exterminator come over, and there were poops, like, in the upstairs, too. So it has its run of the whole fucking house right now. And what we think happened is it stepped on one of the snap traps, but got only partially caught and escaped. So now it's like scared of snap traps. So we're like, motherfucker. So we poisoned the fuck out of it. And now it's probably going to die in the fucking walls, which sucks. <laughs> but we're pretty sure it doesn't, it can't actually escape the house. I think the scariest thing with rats is where there's one of them, there's usually more. And I think the reason why I say that because they're spooky was because. They tore down a bunch of abandoned houses over there by Green Lake, kind of by my dad's house. Mm-hmm. And when they tore them down, the whole neighborhood got infested with rats. Because well, yeah. obviously they moved into these houses and then they just tear them down. Every house had rat problems. You know, up and down the block, the whole street had rat problems. Mm-hmm. And I remember the biggest thing was... I have a recurring appointment with an exterminator right now and my house is like covered in fucking rat poison bait. So like... If they are all around, they're dying. Yeah. So. <laughs> and so I remember because it was spooky because we had the, we got those glue traps. Yeah. Put a bunch of peanut butter on them. And I don't like seeing rats, but pulling those fucking traps out with a rat like just standing still dead on it, I, I, it really fucking freaked me out. But the scariest thing about rats, man, is where there's one, there's fucking tons so it's a scary thing you got to get rid of and, and you know hopefully so, you can only hear that one and you only see that one and then that's it no we know it's the one because like i said i had the exterminator come out and he was like we patched the whole because okay it was there's two kinds of rats there's your black rat or norwegian rat those are those big fat black fuckers those nest in the ground those are the ones you usually find at basements mm. then there's your brown rat or roof rat these are the long skinny brown ones which are a lot less scared of people. So those are usually the ones you see running around because they're fucking fearless. They <laughs> like to nest in high places like attics. This was definitely a roof rat because he, we saw it up in the attic. And then, like, we thought we snapped it, but sure enough, it fell down through the side walls of the house, and now it's in the basement. Oh, boy. And my downstairs room was like, yeah, it's like this big brown rat. I'm like, oh, it's the one, same fucking rat. And also, like, I've literally, this guy, like... Like, I subscribed, I guess you could call it, to the exterminator company where, like, he comes once a month and yeah, inspects yeah. the house and shit. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no entry for fucking rats. Like, the rat is just stuck in the house, you know? <laughs> yeah, if you can't get out, can't get in. I mean, that's... 
that's a, a pretty much all you can ask for if, if it's one fucking rat. I mean, I, honestly, I'm, I I'm terrified of rats, so it's like even seeing one, it makes me a little bit nauseous. It makes me sick. I so just wanted out of my house. <laughs> yeah, Get out of here. I feel I don't blame you. Seeing rat shit would make me fucking die. Yeah. Because then I know one of them's lurking about, so mm-hmm. watching. It's like gnawed its way. You can tell in the basement apartment, there's like chewed holes into the cabinets. Oh, the sink, so it's fucker. definitely living under there. Yeah, well, we've been having oh, some spooky, some spooky occurrences here, not with rats, but like, I think I've literally outspooked myself with all my research for October. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> and now it's like, I thought my mind was kind of playing tricks on me, and like seeing different, you know, like seeing shit move, like seeing like a shadow move from one side of the room to the other, or from you know, one hallway to the next, and like just kind of. Especially the the thing that really freaked me out was the other night when I was playing Red Dead. It was just a, a quiet evening, you know. Nobody nobody was home upstairs. It was just me up there, me and the dog. And Benji started like growling at like nothing when he was like trying to go to bed in his room, and so he started growling and then he started barking. And I know that when he's doing that, that means that something is there. It's never yep. just because he's doing it. And so. I go and check it out, and the room, of course, was empty, and there was nobody in the front of the house, which is usually why he would bark, because it was like, you know, one thirty in the morning, and so I started freaking out about that, and then as I'm do- dealing with that, a fucking cup falls in the kitchen and hits the ground, like one of our little, like, cups that we have uh-huh. by the sink fell over, fucking fell on the ground, scared the shit out of me, oh, and geez. so dealing with that... And like de- doing my research and dealing with that, and then Burp. yesterday we get back home from the Puyallup Fair, which is pretty cool, mm-hmm. the Washington State Fair as it is now. But mm-hmm. um, H- Haley was down here doing laundry, and she had that door open over there that we usually have open, or we close it for the show, obviously, so the dryer and the washer don't make too much noise. But mm-hmm. that door's open usually, and she saw something go from like our side of the bedroom of the hallway run across the hallway, and so she. You know, she freaked out, went over to check it out, and there was nobody there. And it just makes me think about some of the things that I've seen while running on the treadmill. I've definitely seen, like, something in the corner of my eye moving. Mm. But like I said, it's always been like a... My mind's playing goddamn tricks on me because I'm... You stirred up a ghost with all this spooky research. I'm fucking scared of ghosts in general, and now I'm scaring myself into being haunted. Like I think I've scared myself so much that my brain thinks Ugh. that the house is haunted. So, <laughs> no, I know nothing's going on here, but still, just a trick of the eye that's freaking me out. But, you know, I think it's been a fun, I think it's been a fun outing with the beefy boys, as yeah. Vito is, uh, you know, one prayer equals one like for Vito. He's getting ready for his wedding. He's not hungover. <laughs> yes, he's not hungover. He's getting ready. Oh, my God. One prayer. One like. Yes, he's getting ready for his wedding. Congratulations, Vito. Happy birthday, Sam. Frequent listener, Sam. Happy birthday, buddy. Sure. Good luck to you. And uh, this is Christian. I'm going to send it on over to Joe. He's going to wrap this shit up. Yeah, I'm Joe. This has been the Beefy Boys. See you, Knuckleheads, next week. <laughs>